All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening in to episode two of the Coach Richard Podcast. I've got my buddy Logan here with me. He's going to introduce himself, and then we're going to ramble about whatever we decide to ramble about. What's going on, everybody? My name's Logan Harson. I've been in the Marine Corps for about five years now. I'll be getting out. I was a reconnaissance Marine, Marine combatant diver, and military freefall parachutist. And I'm now working as a personal trainer and a coach at Armor Gym, the Parisi Speed School of Knoxville, and CrossFit Rama. Nice. Okay. I actually didn't even know all that shit about what you did in the Marines. You said a freefall parachutist? Yeah. So, um... There's a couple different systems that we jump on, but uh, there's two different kinds of jumping that are like the big categories. There's static line jumping, and then there's actual free fall. Static line jumping is more low level, and there's a cable in the plane that'll pull your parachute for you. And then there's free fall where you go much higher, and then you got to pull your own chute. That's really cool. So, do you like know how many times have you jumped? Like, is that something you know? I think I, so we keep a jump log of all of our jumps, and off the top of my head, I think I've done probably between 30 and 40 jumps, somewhere in there. That's fucking awesome. That's actually, like, not a lot, because for my deployment and everything, I was on the dive team, so we did a lot more diving stuff. Yeah. But the guys on the jump team probably have closer to 100. Interesting, okay. That's cool as hell. I've always wanted to, like, go, like parachuting and whatever but i'm not scared of it no yeah skydiving is definitely the one thing out of the military i would recommend out of anything just because skydiving is badass it's an adrenaline rush and like you'll have almost black tunnel vision the entire time on the first few jumps no shit once you get like five jumps in though like the the scenery kind of opens up a little bit and you can look around and see like how beautiful it is while you're falling damn that's crazy yeah, I didn't know you did all that. And you're still technically in the Marines right now, right? Mm-hmm. I've got a little under a month left. I get out the 24th of this month. Yeah. So I'll have to go to North Carolina for about 10 days. And then during the 10 days, I'll do all of my separations paperwork and everything. And then they'll give me my DD-214 and I'll be out. Okay. That's really cool. Is your programming as far as like what you're doing with coaching and stuff right now going to change? Or I guess it's pretty much the same, right? Because you don't have to do anything for the Marines right now. No, yeah. So pretty much everything will stay the same. It'll be a little bit weird when I go to North Carolina because I'll be staying in a squad bay for like 10 days. So yeah. for anybody who don't who doesn't know what a squad bay is, it's like imagine a very open, long hallway, almost like a warehouse, and there's a ton of bunk beds in it and yeah. about 40 dudes. So yeah. there won't be a way for me to like cook food or anything while I'm there, so... I'll probably just survive on Chipotle, and hopefully there's a meal prep place somewhere nearby. But there's gyms on base, so I can do all of my normal lifting there. Yeah. That sucks you to stay for 10 days. Yeah. It's always like a ranch in all your training plans, you know? Yeah. One of my buddies, he told me the process only takes like two days, actually, to get it done. Yeah. And you just kind of sit there for eight days. Yeah. Which Sounds like the military. Yeah. Hurry up and wait. It's <laughs> the military is good, too, yeah. for literally yeah. everything. No shit. Okay, um, I guess one thing I really wanted us to talk about today was, I know you and me have chatted a lot because we have the same coach, and we'll get into that too, but um, I guess kind of like your background with your fitness journey and like where you started from versus like and how you got to where you're at now. Yeah, so whenever I started working out and started trying to get into lifting and stuff, I knew basically nothing. I was super into the topic just because I 
really, really wanted to change the way that I looked, and I had a picture in my mind of where I wanted to go with that, but starting off when I was a kid, I was 265 pounds, I was about five foot four and about 44% body fat, so <laughs> coming down from that, I my diet was garbage, first of all. Uh, anything I ate or drank was terrible, and eventually switching my diet around and starting to exercise, getting into more than one sport. I played football my whole life, but then eventually I got into wrestling as well. Those all helped me to lose weight, but I definitely have to give a bunch of the credit to my dad whenever I met him in high school. He's technically my stepdad, but I refer to him as my dad. He, I went up to him one day and I was like, I want, to help, I want you to help me lose weight. And at that point I was still about 265, and he said, all right, but you're gonna have to do everything I tell you to do. Which ended up being a ton of push-ups, a lot of running, and completely overhauling my diet. And just working really hard at that while I was in high school, I went from 265 pounds to 152 pounds. And that was for wrestling season my junior year. So I lost a little over 100 and then started to get more and more into weightlifting. But at the time I was so tiny at 152 that uh, I didn't have really any muscle mass on me at all and I was pretty weak. So trying to come up from that, I got up to about 180 before I went into the Marine Corps. And then going into the Marine Corps, going back and forth between training missions and being in the jungle at a week at a time or going to a training school for a month or two, it was kind of hard to stay super consistent with everything. So I ended up just cutting most of the time. So being on a diet and cutting the majority of that time for probably three or four years, I didn't make a whole lot of progress muscular wise. So I still didn't have a whole lot of muscle mass whenever I eventually got to the point to where I was looking for a bodybuilding coach and found Alex. When I started working with Alex, I was probably 190 and I thought I was bulking like the right way, the serious way. And it turned out I was maybe doing like a a hundred calorie surplus because I was terrified of getting fat again. That's always been like a thing in the back of my mind whenever I'm trying to either bulk up or put on some sizes. I'm super scared of getting fat again just because that's where I came from. So every time I try to bulk up, I'm like, oh no, starting to get fat again. We need to cut. So that would be like a, a cycle I went through for three or four years. But having Alex as my coach, he could literally tell me to do anything and I would do it. So him looking at my check-in pictures every Sunday and be like, all right, now nah, we're, we're still in a good place. So just keep eating. You're good. That just gave me the peace of mind to be able to bulk for a little over a year straight. I went from about 192 to 210. And then from 210, we did a mini cut and I got back down to about 193. From 193 to right now, I'm sitting at about 220. And we're going to continue pushing weight up and trying to put on some size throughout the end of this year. And at the end of this year, beginning of next year, I'll start prep for my first show. And the weight cap for my show is going to be a roughly 190. And hopefully by then, when I start prep, I can start prep at about 225. That'd be a good number to come down to so that I'm really close to 190. But regardless of how much I weigh, the, the goal for prep is to get absolutely peeled like striated glutes and saran wrap skin or it ain't happening hell yeah that's how i feel too like i want to be absolutely the best in my class before i step on stage or i'm not stepping on stage yeah yeah i don't play to lose you know yeah there's really no point i mean i some people will tell you that like it's good to get show experience and to get up there and get after it but at the same time it's like 
if you're so far behind that you're gonna you know you're stepping on stage to come in dead last then it's really just gonna mess with you mentally yeah it's just gonna be discouraging yeah. you wouldn't want to step on stage again also i feel like it's sort of a waste of your time if you're in the middle of an off season and you just feel the urge to compete and you're not ready yet yeah then you're cutting your off season in half by starting prep yeah. and cutting down getting lean then spending all your money going to a show and doing it and then you come back from that and you're like oh well I came in last place. Time to bulk for six months. When in reality, if you're brand new to the sport, you probably need two years of an off season. I'm yeah. a year and a half into my off season, and I've got another probably six months left. Yeah, yeah, that's my thing too. I've been bulking for, I mean, probably I'll do like mini cuts here and dry up some, but I've been bulking for like two years, and I I originally wanted to rush it, and I think that was an issue because I really wanted to step on stage and compete. But then I had a few people talk to me and be like, you know, there's really no point. You know, you're going to come out way underweight. You're not going to look right. And I understood more and more about that. So instead of rushing and doing a show this year, I have just waited. And like, it's going to be toward the end of next year before I do a show. And um, I think that's like the best way to do it. You know, I don't yeah. think um, I've got some other friends who are like even clients of mine who are wanting to compete. And I, I don't think they understand sometimes that it's going to take them a few years. Yeah, I had, to really get to that point. Uh, one guy, he came up to me at Armor Gym, and he was looking for a bodybuilding coach. He wanted to get in and do a show just to kind of see where he was at. And no hate to the guy, no, no disrespect, but I told him, I was like, listen, man, you need at least, minimum, another two years of your offseason. You're six foot tall, and you're 140 pounds. Like, I, I can see where you're at right now, and you've made great progress from where you came from. But at the same time, doing a show will do you no good. You need yeah. to you need to put in the, the time and the effort to get the size on you to be competitive. There's no point in going to a competition if you're not going to be competitive. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, there was a guy, yeah, so kind of same situation. There was a guy when I was at the Y downtown. Um, he was coming there a lot. and He was talking about doing his first show, and I, I stopped talking to him one time. I was like, I heard you're about to compete. He's like, Yeah, I'm gonna do the Knox Classic, and he's like, Tell me about his weight class and stuff. And he was like, Yeah, it's like the, the max weight. I'm pretty sure he's my height, so it would have been like 197. He's like, I'm like 170 pounds right now, and I'm still cutting. Mm-hmm. I was like, dude, like there's going to be guys 20 pounds heavier than you on stage. Yeah. Uh, if you're not close to the top of your weight cap, then everybody on stage is probably going to be bigger than you. And even if it's not everybody, at least the top five are going to be bigger than you yeah. by 10 pounds. Yeah. And, I mean, the Knox Classic is usually a pretty small show. So, I mean, you could step on stage and still get a top five because, you know, there's probably <laughs> there's probably three people in your class. Yeah, if I, that's the other part is uh, you want to go to a show where it, it's going to be competitive and it's going to be a challenge. So for my, my first show, we don't even know what it's going to be yet, yeah. but I'll talk back and forth with Alex. And obviously we want to go to a place where I'm going to have a, like a good chance of having a good standing and doing well. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't want to show up to a show with four dudes so that I can get in the top five because yeah. I don't know it just kind of it kind of feels like a waste to me I want to get somewhere where I'm competing against guys who are either as good as me or definitely better than me so yeah. I can see like how far I still need to go and like where I'm at in the yeah. sport because if I compete with dudes who I, I know I can beat then there's really nowhere for me n- nothing for me to gain or learn from that I'm just getting on stage and beating some people who I know I could have beat Whereas if I was to go to a show with guys I know are better than me or uh, have spent way more time in the sport than me, then I'll probably learn more from that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you go into the one that you don't have any competition with, you don't learn anything, 
And you're like, okay, well, I won. Like, I'm clearly killing it. And then you go to the Junior National Show, your next show, and then you're like the smallest guy on stage. (laughs) You're like, what the hell? I won my last one. Come on. Yeah, I don't understand what's happening. (laughs) I'm only 10 pounds under my weight. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so I guess, how'd you find Alex? And how'd you end up coaching with him? So, uh, back when I was still doing all my own programming and diet and everything, I was watching a bunch of YouTube. And one of the guys I would watch on YouTube was Brandon Harding. And he was doing his uh, Road to Pro series where he was going after his pro card. And this is the one where he actually gets it. And his coach, Callum Rainstrick, uh, is the head of pro coach at the time, was still a part of the Muscle Mentors. And I was listening to the Muscle Mentors podcast, trying to learn some stuff, be a better personal trainer, as I had just gotten my certification a couple months before that. And... I looked up Callum on Instagram, followed him after I heard that he was Brandon's coach, started watching his stuff, and then I saw on Instagram one day, uh, while I was actually in the United States on leave, they uh, had come out with their own uh, own platform for coaching. They had separated from the Muscle Mentors, and Callum had taken a few of the coaches, and it was a it was a good split. They were all on equal terms with each other. It was no, no bad blood or anything. And they had opened their own thing, which was Team Pro Coach. And I saw that they were just uh, waiting for people to send them applications for coaching. And I was like, well, I'm not making the progress I want to on my own. And I know eventually I'm going to get a bodybuilding coach if I want to be serious about this. So this is probably the best coaching I could go for. And I sent them an application 100% expecting them to either not respond to me or shoot me down immediately because I'm a dude like three years into lifting who weighs 190 pounds and doesn't really look like a bodybuilder yet in my opinion. Uh, And to my surprise, they got back to me uh, that week and they told me Alex Gates was going to be my coach, who is one of the coaches who works under Callum. And they're all amazing, incredible coaches. They know so much about the sport and nutrition, diet, programming, everything. It's it's amazing just to hear them talk. But I started working with Alex that uh, that was in December, I believe. And then I started working with Alex in uh, January or February the next year when I got back to Japan. And ever since then, just progress has skyrocketed. Uh, me being just comfortable bulking and putting on mass, I've probably put on more muscle in the last year and a half working with Alex than I did the three years prior to that working out by myself. And right now, sitting at 220, after the mini cut that I did last year, I'm leaner right now at 220 than I was when I was 210 on our first push-up, which is just crazy to think. Uh, Working with Alex, I'm at a point now with my physique where I know I'm still super far behind, like, professional competition obviously but I'm sitting at a point right now and I'm still natural that I I I never thought I'd be able to get to this point natural I thought 100% when I was like 190 pounds before I started working with Alex that I was at my genetic potential and I had like done everything I could do and I was working as hard as I could and then as soon as I started working with Alex I just saw my body start to mutate and morph and get bigger and I was like I have no idea what's going on but I love it this is great and now I'm at a point where I'm 220 still natty and my uh like weight division is 190 granted I could probably lose 30 or 40 pounds right now and be down to like 180 if I was stage lean but it's just cool to 
get to an, another level that I never thought I would be able to get to. And all I needed was a good coach. And I found that in Alex. Yeah, so I've had a very similar experience working with Alex where I was, you know, I made good progress on my own and then I got kind of stagnant and it felt like I was like stuck in a place. And then I signed up with him and then boom, I start fucking gaining weight like it's nothing again. Yeah. So I guess for you, what are the biggest changes you what are the biggest changes that you made with Alex to your programming and to your diet or to consistency or whatever? Like what is the biggest change you think that he's helped you make that's really helped make progress? I so I kept track of my uh my weights and like the the exercises I was doing and I would keep track of my calories, my macros and everything before I started working with Alex. But I was just, uh, like I said earlier, I was, I was tiptoeing that line of being either at my maintenance or at a surplus because I was terrified of getting fat. So that was, I, in my opinion, the biggest change was just having somebody tell me, look, man, like you, you need to eat more. You're never going to get bigger. And then, uh, and then uh, good part on me is Alex, uh, has told me before he really enjoys having me as a client just because I do to the letter every single thing that he tells me to do. Like my off season, uh, like I'm not trying to blow smoke up my own ass, but my off season looks like a lot of other people's prep. I, I eat the exact same thing every day. I count out everything to the gram. I don't have cheat meals. I don't take days off. And that's just how I prefer to do it. Like it would fuck with me mentally if I did it any other way. I'd be like, I didn't put in a hundred percent today. Like I'm not, I'm not going to get as good as I could. So that was a big part of it. And then also as soon as I started working with Alex, a key thing was him going over every movement in my programming in such detail that I knew exactly what he wanted out of everything and exactly how it was supposed to be executed. So when I went in and I did the first couple weeks of the programming, I immediately noticed that tempo and form being a hundred percent on point was way more important than the weight I was slinging around. Because before I started working with Alex, I was probably doing more weight on everything, but it looked like garbage. I was probably squatting above parallel on everything, hack squats included. Uh, if I was doing any other kind of machine or upper body movement, I was like throwing it around as fast as I could and not really considering... I wouldn't say that my form was awful, but it, it definitely wasn't... 100% and it wasn't as good as it could have been so as soon as I started sending Alex videos of everything I was doing and he was like alright on this I want you to eat a little bit lower on this we're going to change our arm position slightly I want you to hold the contraction for like 2 or 3 more seconds or slow down your eccentric and make it more controlled the entire time don't just like drop into the bottom of the hole then I noticed a huge difference in just the way the sessions went how uh, at first immediately how sore I was afterwards just because I was working the muscles that were supposed to be getting worked instead of just like pushing through my workout as fast as I could to get it over with and a part of that was just uh, my schedule because I was still in Japan in the military because I lived in Japan for the last three years and I would get off work at 5 or 6 p.m. then drive 45 minutes to the nice gym on the island and then uh, <laughs> I would work out until probably eight, nine, sometimes 10 o'clock and then get up the next morning for work. But I, as soon as I started working with Alex, I was just like, you know what? The, the time doesn't really matter anymore. I'm going to get in there and do the session at a hundred percent. And then whenever it's over, it's over. I'll, I'll go home and I'll meal prep and I'll eat my meals, do what I got to do. And however much sleep I can get is how much sleep I'll get. But I was more concerned with the work at that point than I was 
getting sleep. Not to say that I didn't get sleep because I definitely got at least seven or eight hours because that was another important thing to me. I was like, if I'm not going to recover from it, then we're not going to grow. So it's just having Alex to help me get all of the variables in place at 100% instead of me doing it on my own at 50%, just skyrocketed progress. Yeah. And I think it's like the way you just said it is basically what I would say is the same for me too is, you know, I was training hard. The form was good. Like I had a really good routine. Like I, that part, that stuff I didn't really have in a bad place, but I didn't like track my workouts each session. I didn't track how much weight I did for how many reps. So every session was probably the same for a long time. Um, I was eating clean. I was eating good meals. Like I don't really eat anything differently now than I was before. Yeah. But I wasn't, I was, I was like estimating how much I was eating every day. Mm-hmm. I wasn't tracking to a T exactly how many calories I was getting in. And then, um, yeah, I feel like it's just like an extra level of accountability that, and that's really what has really helped dial in, I guess, because I try to think about it and like what I'm really doing differently now versus before I started working with him. And I can't really pinpoint a specific thing. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm working on the same, I'm eating the same, but I'm like, I'm consistent with everything. I'm tracking it and he's fucking making tiny little adjustments that just yeah. make a world's difference. Yeah. And then there's one more thing that, which is every single time I went into a session, didn't matter what body part it was or what day it was. And granted it didn't happen every time because, uh, like progress is not obviously, uh, linear, linear in the exact same fashion every time. But every single day that I went into the gym, I would visualize exactly what I was going to do. And I would tell myself, I'd be like, I refuse to not get better. So I would have like, okay, last time I did three and a half plates on the hack squat for nine reps. Okay. Well this time I'm either doing 10 or I'm going up five pounds and I would force myself to do that. And sometimes, yeah, I would hit failure and it wouldn't work and I would only get nine again, but then I'd be like, okay, I got nine, two weeks in a row. The next time I come in here, I'm getting 10 or I'm adding five pounds. Yeah. And I've done that religiously for over a year and a half now. And we had just changed my programming actually, but before we changed it, uh, one of my best lifts, RDLs, I started RDLs with like 135 and my RDLs got all the way up to 500 for eight, which was insane. And I never thought I'd be able to do that. We actually, uh, <laughs> Alex said it as a joke, uh, during one of my check-ins, I was at like 415 or something. And, uh, Alex was like, damn bro, you're going to be getting up to 500 pretty soon. Just keep at it. We both laughed. And then six months later I was pulling 500 and I was like, I, uh, I didn't think this was possible, but this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That is super awesome. And like, uh, yeah, I guess that's what it's important. And like people talk about it all the time, like progressive overload, make sure you're doing more each time. But I feel like it's something that I for sure just didn't take as serious. Yeah. And I was like, Either more... that or like you just go in there and you're like, okay, well I'm going to start my first set with this and then add weight and then go to failure. Yeah. And I mean, I was just more focused on like in my brain, you know, I was basically every variable is important. And I was training really hard for a long time and the diet wasn't there. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I guess diet's more important. So then I, I toned in the diet, but then I was like, okay, I have to ask my training. Yeah. So then it's like, yeah. So progressive overload each session and then dialing in the diet and then, you know, just making sure every single variable's in place, what it takes. Yeah. You can't then, half-ass any of it. Then variables you don't even think about. Like, uh, when I first started working with Alex, I thought my nutrition was on point and I thought my digestion was fine, everything like that. And... I, Alex probably knows more of the inner workings of my day and how my day goes than anyone else in my life. Just because like, 
uh, I'll tell this man how many times I go to the bathroom every day and what it looked like because we're trying yeah. to see if my digestion is okay or whether or not my food, my body's handling food well, yeah. if my stress levels are in like a, a, a nice place or whatever's going on. So when I started working with Alex, I didn't even know, but my digestion was awful. Uh, it, I was like half constipated half the time and I just thought it was normal because I'd been doing it for so long. Yeah. And reason being is I was eating over 300 something grams of protein at 190 pounds just because... I was terrified I wasn't going to eat enough protein. Yeah. So, yeah. The, and at that point, I was already a nutrition coach, and I, I knew better. But at the same time, when you're dealing with your own stuff, it's, uh-huh. it's weird uh, how you could look at somebody else's training or diet and be like, oh, you need to change this and this. But looking at your own stuff, it's so easy to mentally mess with yourself and be like, nah, you're not, you're not going hard enough. Yeah. You're not doing enough. And then you end up messing it up or doing something wrong. Yeah. So, Having the second set of eyes, especially the eyes that know more than you, is amazing. Yeah, and it's also like, within that same thought, is like, you think you can do shit that other people can't, you know? You're like, you know, 200 grams of protein might be better for everybody else, but like, I can fucking do one. Yeah. <laughs> I get that in the problem. <laughs> if you can go on a fork, you go in my mouth. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for sure. That's one thing. Um, I know a few people who, are, you know, eat upwards of like 300 grams of protein a day. And it's just, yeah, unnecessary. Yeah. For and, sure. And, I mean, I'm sure there's some like weird one or two cases out there where like you got to eat 300 grams of protein and that's like a lower body weight. And yeah, that's fine. Uh, but for the vast majority of people, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, okay. Okay. I guess I was going to touch on how I started working with Alex, too. And um, I skipped over that. But I also was following Callum first and really just kept up with all the stuff on Instagram. And, I mean, just super educational stuff, smartest guy. Um, and I actually applied for, like, his coaching, like, yeah. forever ago. Like, before I even, I didn't even know, really, that he only coached pros, basically. Yeah. And so I applied, and he probably looked at it, and I was like, okay, idiot, bye. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like, yeah, no, like, I'm an IFBB pro. Yeah, you have 500 followers, and you're a scrawny kid. Why are you on, why are you even on here? But, um, yeah, I didn't even realize that until I looked at it, and I was like, oh, yeah, why did I even do that? But um, then they released that pro coach process, which is that um, 90-day program I just did where we started off um, at the beginning so they coach us and they teach us about how they coach. There's like a whole lecture series throughout the entire process. And then at the end of the 90 days, we did the photo shoot thing. Um, I actually flew to London for that photo shoot thing. And um, it was a lot of fun, man. And uh, that's how I found Alex is because whenever I signed up for it, they split us between Alex and Ryan. There was 20 of us and 10 of us went with Alex and 10 of us went with Ryan. And it's just been great since then, man. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I heard you told me recently you uh, rehired Alex as like your regular yeah, coach now. Yeah, how's that going? Good. I mean, um, like uh, I think he said that like a vast majority of the twenty people stayed with Ryan and Alex because awesome. they just had such a great experience over the ninety days. They were like made so much progress. They were like, "Fuck it, I can't stop." Yeah, and that's kind of how I felt because um, part of me was like, I don't really want to shell out the money. Like I kind of know more about what I what to do now. I can probably do it on my own. Yeah. And I did that for like three weeks and I was right back to half ass tracking my workouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not really tracking my food. I was still eating the same things. So I was probably about the same calories, but was it exact? You know, I didn't wasn't fucking doing it exactly. Yeah. And I was like, Yeah, this is stupid. I just gotta hire Alex again, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange how quick you realize uh 
you don't even think about the accountability aspect until it's Sunday morning and you got to fill out your check-in sheet and you're like, okay, I got to tell this man exactly how much I ate and exactly how much I slept, everything that happened this week. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I'm glad I did. Uh, I trained as hard as I could and did ever, all of the variables at 110% because now I got to tell Alex and I don't, I don't want to tell Alex I did a shit job all week. Yeah. And that's one thing you said he loves you because you do everything exactly what he says. So I'm sure you're checking sheets like every single box filled in. He, uh, he jokes about it nearly every week. Because he'll go in and he'll be like, mate, I'm sure you're tired of hearing me say this shit, but uh, great job. Yeah, just do that again. You're doing, <laughs> you're doing really good. He goes, See, I'm sure this is super boring for you, but uh, just keep it up. <laughs> yeah. No, my, my check-in sheets are like, like one week I'll have it fucking perfect and filled out completely. And then next week it's just like halfway filled out. Because I, I need to go in there like every single day yeah. and fill out that days. And then go in the next day and fill out that days. But yeah. then I'll wait like four days, and I'm like, oh, I'll just go back and do them. And then I try to go back and do them, I'm like, fuck, I don't remember what I did that day. So I used to do them, uh, like, every single day at the end of the day, I would fill yeah. out that day's worth of stuff. And yeah. I realized it was just, like, taking up too much of my time. So now every morning on Sunday, I have a routine where I'll, I'll get up and take my check-in photos, eat my first meal of the day, which is actually what I did this morning. And then after my first meal, I'll spend, like, an hour and a half filling out my check-out sheet, or uh, check-in sheet. Yeah. And then... I'll probably finish everything except for the info for today. And then once I'm finished with my training session and everything, I'll go home, put that stuff in there, yeah. and send it to Alex. So what are you training today? Today is going to be chest and delts for me. I'm on a, like some pretty weird programming right now because yeah. over the last year and a half, my legs and my back, which are my two genetic strong points I've found out, have grown way faster than everything else. And they're at a point now where my legs and my back stand out compared to everything else. Yeah. And since we've got about six months left of the off-season, we need to bring everything else up to match. So a lot of my programming right now is dedicated to either chest, delts, or arms. And it's a ton of that. And it's funny because only training back and legs once a week now, I swear, they're still growing faster than my arms and my chest and my delts, which is wild to me. Yeah. I feel like I'm in like a very similar position. He just switched up a lot of my programming. But it's like the opposite. So my back is what needs to catch up. Yeah. And my arms are what needs to catch up. My chest and my shoulders are there. So yeah. we're doing chest and shoulders like one day a week. Yeah. And I'm doing back and arms like four days a week. Yeah. And that, that was the cool thing is uh, I was probably in the position that most that people are in um, – when they're either just starting out in bodybuilding or they're held they're three months into their training or three years into their training. Like I was, then yeah. when I came to Alex, it was kind of like, okay, we're going to train everything two days a week because we need to bring up everything. Like everything looks sort of decent, but nothing looks good. So after training everything, uh, as hard as I possibly could for a year and a half, then we were like, okay, now we need to be a little more selective with our programming to bring certain stuff up and, attain the aesthetic and the physique for classic because classic is what I'm going to compete in. Yeah. I'll be doing classic too. Um, I guess I want to get off of our coaching with Alex and I want to ask, I see you at armor teaching classes. Yes. And I know you work at the CrossFit Rama as well. Mm -hmm. You teach classes there too. Yes. So what else do you do? Do you work with one-on-one -on -one clients also in person? Do you do online coaching stuff like what yes. exactly is your coaching business? So right now, as I'm just sort of getting off the ground and starting, is I do one-on-ones, classes, uh, and online coaching at Armor Gym. And then uh, for 
CrossFit Rama, I also can do one-on-ones and classes. And then for the Parisi Speed School in Knoxville, that's more of a uh, kids program for athletics to get them faster and more agile for whatever sport they're playing. We get a lot of soccer players or baseball players or uh, whoever else is coming to the program. So we'll teach those kids how to get faster and develop their agility, speed, and strength. So doing all of that pretty much to try to fill out my schedule so that I can make enough money doing this to uh, support myself once I'm out of the Marine Corps on the 24th of this month. Yeah. Because as of right now, uh, the way that I'm actually doing this and being in the Marine Corps still right now is I'm on a program called SkillBridge. So roughly five or six months ago, the Marine Corps sent me from Japan to the United States to work with a civilian company, which turned out to be Armor Gym and CrossFit Rayma and Parisi, so that I could kind of get my life together and figure out where I was going with everything before I got out of the military. So until the 24th of this month, the Marine Corps is still technically paying me and I'm still technically active duty. I'm just spending all of my time working a civilian job because of the skill bridge program. Okay. But eventually uh, I'd like to get to the point to where like probably 10 years from now or however long it takes me, I would like to get to the point to where I'm doing what Alex does, where I'm working with exclusively either physique oriented clients or bodybuilders because that's like the, that's the goal is to be able to either do one-on-ones and online coaching only and be able to work with bodybuilders and do the thing I love or get all the way down 10 years from now and be super competitive in bodybuilding and do coaching as something on the side to like bring up extra finances and money it's just going to be which one ends up being the successful thing in 10 years which i don't really know right now you can't say but uh i think i'll probably get a better idea for it after i do my first two or three bodybuilding shows and see like how i come out in the placings yeah i think that's one thing for me is like with my transition to online coaching i definitely was trying at least at first to market myself just to people who wanted to bodybuild yeah. Which is kind of stupid because I've never competed. They have no reason to like, like I'm very knowledgeable in the field, yeah. but I've never competed. They have no reason to look at me and be like, okay, this guy knows how to win a show, so I should let him coach me. Yeah. So um, I've gone a bit away from that, and um, the online coaching thing has been been really more tailored toward, you know, people who are just in the gym and wanting to a little bit more structure, a little bit more guidance, um, and like people who are really new even. And yeah. just wanted to start off the right way. And, like, changing my focus to that. Um, my buddy Lucas, who's actually going to be probably on episode four or five of this podcast with me, mm-hmm. he owns a gym out in Hartsville, Tennessee, called Hartsville Prime Fitness. And um, it's, like, a smaller gym. It's not, it's, I'm not going to have, like, a personal trainer there to train people. Yeah. But he tells all of his clients, about, I mean, all of his members there about me. Mm-hmm. And says, you know, if you want to really dial things in, like, Richard's the guy to go to. Yeah. And, like... 90% of my online clients are members of that gym. Yeah. And it's like absolutely popped off on my coaching business. And it's been really awesome because um, a lot of them like already kind of know what they're doing. They've been working out for years. They sort of like have a good gist of things. That way, once I tell them, like, hey, you know, I think your diet's your biggest issue. We're going to, you know, change it up and do these things here. They're like, okay, sweet, no problem. And then they immediately start seeing results. Yeah. And we dial in like a really good training plan. So, um, I really love doing that, but I mean, kind of similarly to you, I would like to ideally be coaching mostly people who want to compete, people who are bodybuilding, but I think that's going to take some time to transition into. Yeah. I feel like it takes 
either a lot of experience in the sport of bodybuilding on your own to where people can see that, see that you competed in shows and like you know, like you've done what you're talking about and you know what you're talking about. Then they're like, okay, I trust this guy, I'm gonna work with this guy. Yeah. Or you need to have success with a couple of your clients because if a couple of your clients become like successful in the sport of bodybuilding, yeah. now all of a sudden you're one of the big coaches. Yeah. Then it, it's like a matter of constantly over delivering on your coaching and doing an amazing job. I feel like the most important thing when it comes to coaching is over delivering to the point to where they're like, wow, this guy is actually like putting forth the effort and he gives a shit about me. He's, yeah. he's actually like caring about what happens with my programming or my diet and he wants me to get better as much as I want to get better. Then yeah. people, you build rapport with people and people trust you and then they tell you their friends and then their friends tell their friends and you get more clients. Yeah, and for sure. And that's definitely what's been going on like at his gym because he, would, I mean, he tells a few people about it and then they are coaching for a few weeks and then like one of their friends texts me. They're like, hey, I'm friends with this person. Like, I want to sign up. Yeah. And it's been great. It's been really, like growing really fast. Um, I guess when, like you were saying, like how to really build rapport and as far as like getting into bodybuilding, it would just be like to win your pro card. Yeah. You win an IFBB pro card and you're set, you know, any, yeah, yeah. anyone will pay you. The second you can put IFBB pro in your Instagram, <laughs> then you get 50, 50 people DM you yes. and they're like, how'd you do it? Yeah. They're like, I'll pay you $500 a month. <laughs> yeah. And like, so, Obviously, like uh, I'm assuming for both of us, eventually that's the goal is to be an IFBB pro, and it's probably going to take different amounts of time for both of us, and like both of us have to do different things to get there. And uh, we're both, uh, or at least I, I know that I am very far away from it. But because seeing as how I'm, I haven't even done my first show yet, so yeah, same, uh, yeah, it's something that's like it's a goal for me, but it's very very high up. So like uh, that, even though that's in my mind as a goal. I know that there's several other goals I need to hit before I even start to yeah. consider that as one of the goals I'm looking at. Yeah. So, like, for right now, it's do my absolute best with my off-season, do prep to my 100% absolute best, and then do my first show and see how it goes. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, and also to hit that level, I mean, if you're wanting to become an IFBB pro, it's going to be that point to where you're also going to have to commit to taking a heavy amount of BDs. Yeah. Because, like, not even just, like, a decent amount where, like, you could be – pretty healthy rather yeah. you know it's gonna be like an unhealthy amount to the yeah. point that you're gonna have to do you know organ imaging and blood work every other month yeah and then i also feel like it, it it's dependent upon like are you a genetic anomaly to begin with and then are you like a hyper responder to gear once you get on it and yeah and uh i feel like some guys can take less but then i feel like in the beginning obviously i'm, I'm speaking from a ton of ignorance because i have no idea but i feel like in the beginning you got to take more than you'll need to take for the rest of your career in order to get to that point and then you can start to back it off to maintain or yeah. like to improve slowly for sure yeah yeah it's strange because um you get so many of these like professional level bodybuilders who then compete at the olympia level who come out and say that they you know never take more than 300 milligrams of tests yeah and like i don't know i don't think those people are that much of a hyper responder to testosterone i think they're just full of shit yeah i think they're either full of shit or it's like okay, you take 300 now and you blasted a thousand for six years. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I don't know. It's like they claim that they just, you know, I've never had to take more than 300. It's just always been this easy. I took 
300 milligrams of test and 25 milligrams of D-ball a day, and this is just who I am. <laughs> it's like, no, yeah, dude, that I ain't saw, how it fucking works. Yeah, I think I saw somebody the other day, uh, or something the other day, and it was like Tom Platt's saying, uh, yeah. he took like the most minute amount of gear I've ever heard of in my life. I know, yeah. <laughs> I was like, dude, you have the best legs in the world ever. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, obviously, you're a genetic freaking monster, and yeah. your legs were built to be the best in the world, but also... You're really going to expect me to believe you took, like, uh, somebody's on TRT's dose of test. Yeah, no <laughs> to, shit. Yeah, exactly. There. So, yeah, it's just going to be, like, finding that balance of, like, I guess seeing exactly how high you can crank your body up to, you know? Yeah, because uh, eventually, like, you might just get to the point to where you, you get your blood work done one month and your body's like, hey, you're not doing this anymore and you're going to die. Yeah. And, like, obviously that's something everybody has to consider when they get into bodybuilding like you have to you have to be so committed to the sport to where like you if you want to be amazing at it you got to be willing to accept the health risks that are gonna come I mean, from trying yeah to for sure amazing. if you're if you're if, if you're gonna be big enough to win an ifbb pro card you've got to accept that you're going to be shaving at least 10 maybe 15 20 years off your life yeah because you can't get to that size like you're even if you were able to get to that size with a minute amount of PEDs, like your heart isn't designed to pump blood for that much body weight. Yeah. You're stressing your heart, you're stressing your organs. So even if you're not heavily doing the drugs, like your body's just not going to be able to maintain that forever. Yeah. And it's something that everybody's going to have to like come to terms with, come to peace with, or the sport of bodybuilding just isn't for you. Yeah, like move on to something else. Yeah, because for sure. It, like you, you can do it as a, a fun hobby, but don't expect to be amazing at it if you're not willing to accept the risks. Right. Well, see, like heart disease runs in my family, and like every man on my side, on my dad's side of the family, has died of a heart attack in his fifties. Yeah, so you're <laughs> playing with fire already. Well, no, I think I think I'm doing the opposite. Actually, I think what I'm doing is like even if I think because it's like you know congested heart failure, you get like plaque in your heart. Yeah. Poor diet, sedentary lifestyle. I think that an enlarged heart from steroid use would last me longer <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> than like congenital heart disease. You know what I'm saying? Well, pick your poison. <laughs> you choose which, which heart issue you're going to have. <laughs> yeah. It's not it's zero. You, you can't do that. <laughs> at, the, at the very least, you'll die jacked, not fat. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's ultimately the dream. Um, well, that's awesome. Um, so you said later next year that you'd be planning to compete, correct? Yes. Yeah, so we don't know which show or exactly when, but I'll probably have to spend at least five or six months in prep because I'm, I'm pretty fluffy at the moment. I'm probably, yeah. hey, this is a total off the wall random guess, but I'm probably like 20 to 22% body fat. Yeah. I hold most of my body fat in my uh, midsection and lower back. So yeah. I've still got some visible lines in like, my arms and my legs and hell I can still see like the top portion of my abs but it by no means am I lean or even close so yeah. it, it would take me five or six months uh to get lean also considering that I'm still natty I'm just gonna spend a hell of a lot of time doing cardio yeah for uh, sure but I'll probably start prep g- either January or February next year and then after about five or six months however long it takes me to get down to striated glutes and peeled out of my mind then we'll pick a uh, show then yeah we'll pick we'll probably pick a show either at the beginning of prep or halfway through prep that way we like we have a target to go for yeah 
but I, that'll just be me talking back and forth with Alex and figuring out where he thinks the best spot is. Yeah, I think one important thing to do and one thing that I didn't even, I used to not even think about, is to pick like three or four shows yeah. that are like a week apart from each other. Yeah, that's a good idea. Because, I mean, even if you, like, I, I ideally what I will do next year is I will compete in like three back-to-back. Yeah. But even if you don't compete in three back-to-back, you have three picked out. That way if you like prep and get ready for one, and you're like, we fucking missed it. Like, this, I suck this weekend. You just don't go. Yeah. And you're or, like, or like maybe you get on stage and um, like the, the judging panel didn't like your look or like whatever the case is. Yeah, you, Or like you, you were off a little bit on your peak and yeah. you came out flat yeah. or whatever. Ate too many carbs, you spilled over. You look like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Then whatever. You, you wait a week, you get better and you come back. Exactly. Yeah. Alex has got another client. He posts a lot. Um, I can't think of the guy's name. I don't know him, but he. I was talking to him about it, and he said, because they competed here like a few weeks ago. Yeah. And he's got him. He just posted again. He was posting like, uh, be on stage in three or four days. And I was like, what the fuck do you mean? Like, he just competed. He's like, yeah, we're doing another one. And he looks a lot better, you know, yeah. just in a couple of weeks. I think I, I saw, uh, like, the most recent one. I think he got um, second for his weight class and then third overall. So he did really good for his show. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's important. Um, I think ideally I'm aiming for like the Knox Classic next year, so August. Yeah. But then I would like to have like three shows in August picked out or even like the beginning of September. Yeah. So we can play around and maybe do a few things. Honestly, I like location. I'm not, I, I, since I have no idea what show I'll be doing anyway, but uh, location is not really a, a big deal for me. Like if the, the show is a few states away or whatever. Yeah. Or, uh, like, if it's in Tennessee, that'd be cool. But really, it doesn't matter one way or the other. It'll just be, like, wherever we think the best opportunity is, is, like, I'll drive there or whatever. Yeah. Of course, then it'll be, uh, like, looking at finances next year and seeing, like, okay, do I have the money to drive across the country to go to another show or not? And right. That'll be a determining factor, but I won't know all that stuff until we get there. That's one thing that um, I guess some people might not understand about this sport is how expensive it is. Yeah. Like, not even just that side of things and, like, paying to compete and get on stage at that show. It's just, like, the amount of money I spend on food. <laughs> I spend enough money on groceries every week to feed a family of four. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. Me too. I'm literally spending, like, either at $200 or upwards of $200 on groceries a week. Yeah, and same. It's just because, like... I, I'm not eating garbage, and hell, if I was eating garbage, it'd probably be about the same price just because I'm eating an absurd amount of food. Yeah. I go, and I feel like I'm carrying out like eight, ten fucking bags, Yeah, and then I walk out, and then like three days later, I'm like, fuck, I need groceries again. <laughs> yeah, I'm out of apples and bananas. What the fuck happened? And then I go back, and it's like another hundred bucks, like three days later, and I'm like, what the hell happened? Yeah, yeah. It's driving me nuts. And then, I mean, on top of the food, you got all your supplements you're taking. I mean, I take 27 different vitamins. Yeah, yeah. There's, like, uh, even because I'm still natty, I'm like, if I can get 1% from, like, this ashwagandha or whatever the hell I'm taking, I'm, I'm going to take it. So I, I take a, a just a shitload of vitamins and supplements that are, uh, like, random off-the-wall stuff. But I'm not a huge believer in a lot of the stuff that's, like, super out there. But yeah. Like, uh, just spending money on pre-workout and creatine and uh, your multivitamin and your fish oil and all the other stuff you buy every month, like, that starts to add up. Yeah. Do you take HMB? No, I don't think so. Okay, so HMB is one I never really used to take, but I take every day now. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about this like wanting to be one percent better, you know. This is one yeah. thing I would recommend. So HMB, um, there's two different forms. There's the whatever, 
like isolate form, and then there's like this free form acid one that your body's like really good at absorbing. It's a okay. little bit more expensive. But HMB, I can't think of hydroxymethylbutylate, whatever the fuck the, the name is. I'm pretty sure that's it. Yeah, that's something I can't pronounce. But it's um so leucine, the most important yeah, yeah. Uh, amino acid as far as muscle building goes. So this is like the broken down, like super easily absorbed. Like your body is able to use it way better than it can even use leucine. Huh. And it's like 60 times as potent. So what I'm hearing is immediately after this podcast, you're going to DM me. I'll show you. It's sitting right there. It's sitting on the table. You can see it. Taking a picture of it. Going home and buying this immediately. But it says, I take it three times a day, and I think it says the serving is like three times a day. I take it like in the morning before the gym, afternoon with one of my meals, and then like at night before my meals. But um, basically, it really helps your body kick into that like from catabolic breakdown state to like recovery and building muscle. Okay. And... um, there's been a lot of studies on it that like suggest that it has better muscle building capacity than even D ball. That is uh, okay. That's wild to hear. It also, um, <laughs> now I'm buying two of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if the truth behind that, but I mean, uh, I read that paper on it. It was showing like the di- the difference in muscle mass. They had like a a test group with like people taking nothing, people taking D ball, and people taking HMB. And the HMB people were doing fucking phenomenally. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. There's, like, uh, a bunch of stuff that's, like, super random that I've tried over the years. Just, like, either a vitamin mineral or just a random supplement. And a lot of the times it doesn't work out, but every once in a while you find one that you're like, okay, this yeah. is actually helping. And yeah. And I'll just, like, stick with it. Yeah. That's an issue, too, is I got to the point where I was taking, like, I was buying, like, $400 worth of vitamins a month. Yeah. And I had, like, 30 different bottles, and I was taking this much shit. And I was like, I could probably get rid of some of this. Yeah. So I've kind of dwindled it down to like some of the more essential shit. That way I'm not spending so much money and I'm not taking 400 pills a day. But uh, yeah, I would definitely say get the HMB. Yeah. I think it's helping a little bit. It's going (laughs) Well, man, uh, I guess we can call it there. Um, I appreciate you stopping by and doing the podcast with me. Oh, yeah. Anytime. This was an awesome experience. I'm glad you had me on. Yeah. Uh, Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I plan on doing probably the next one solo. And then within the next two or three after that, I'm going to have my buddy Lucas on, who owns Hartsville Prime Fitness, as well as a few other friends and other coaches. Thanks for listening in.